Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Van Maren Show on LifeSiteNews.com. My name is Jonathan Van Maren, and today I want to talk about a couple of encouraging things that have happened uh, during, air quotes, Pride Month here in Canada. Uh, some of you may know that, of course, Canada's federal government does not consider uh, Pride Month to be sufficient, and we now have Pride Season, which the federal government says on their website constitutes from June uh, all the way until September. So that is several months. Uh, we now know, of course, that the LGBT ideology is Canada's state ideology. And if you doubt that fact, consider the fact that Canada spent $108,594,964 in 2022, over 100 million dollars on promoting LGBT ideology. Uh, this is absolutely a state ideology and people coming to this country are expected to knuckle under to that ideology. So I wrote about this uh, on my blog at LifeSite, but I think that this point actually um, demands a bit more examination because those of you who follow these sorts of things, as most of those uh, who listen to this podcast do, you'll know that there's been a couple of major protests uh, against the various Pride Month activities being done at school. Uh, and this is kind of unprecedented because these protests were huge. If you take the protesters and counter-protesters uh, in the uh, ottawa Carleton uh, School Board District a couple of weeks back, that protest was organized by uh, Chris Elston, known as Billboard Chris, who travels around the country with sandwich boards saying children cannot consent to puberty blockers and, and things like that. We've had him on this podcast several times, um, as well as the young man who was actually arrested by the police and removed from school property after he was uh, suspended from school uh, for saying that there's two genders. They organized a, a protest of gender ideology. But that protest was primarily driven um, by Muslim parents who are getting very, very angry. And it's long been a, a source of disappointment to me that it's very difficult to get a lot of immigrant communities involved in some of these socially conservative causes that I know we are co-belligerents on. Uh, Francis Schaeffer defined a co-belligerent as somebody you may not agree with on everything, but you can get together and fight for similar causes. There's a lot that you do agree on. The pro-life movement is a perfect example of different people from different religious backgrounds, faith traditions, working together on behalf of a common cause, which is uh, saving and protecting the lives of pre-born children in the womb. Well, on this issue, of course, Canada has a growing Muslim population. In fact, it's the fastest growing religious group in the country. We have an enormous community of Sikhs uh, and Hindus, um, and those people are extremely conservative, uh, especially when it comes to social issues. Most of them are living in three-generation households. They're very... Uh, they're very involved in, the, in their faith traditions, and of course, most of you will know I work for the pro-life organization, the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform, and we'll go uh, door-knocking and have conversations about abortion door-to-door -door in Canada. And when we get to a neighbourhood that's predominantly non-white, we suddenly discover that, you know, it's very, very easy to go door-to-door -door because the vast majority of people already agree with us. The whiter the neighbourhood is, the less likely you are to have uh, good conversations, or at least it's tougher to have those, those good conversations 
conversations because the default position of most white Canadians is going to be more along the lines of pro-choice or progressive ideology. And the default position of most non-white Canadians, um, at least based on our personal experience, but also based on some data I'm going to share with you in a moment, is far more socially conservative. They're very opposed to assisted suicide and quite horrified by euthanasia. Um, They're generally speaking mostly pro-life. And most importantly, they're very, very, uh, most importantly for this issue, I should say, they're very, very opposed to the kinds of ideologies that are being sold right now uh, in public schools. And I've always been curious as to why they didn't respond to this earlier, because you have to keep in mind that the majority of people in Canada are actually closer to my views or your views on social issues than they are to the views of Justin Trudeau and the Liberal Party. But the reason that Justin Trudeau can campaign hard on on so-called progressive issues while still getting the votes of communities that hold very socially conservative views is because almost nobody votes on those issues. Very few people actually vote on socially conservative issues when it comes to the ballot box, although I think that that might start to change. And so it's been really, really interesting because you even saw when there was a lot of really big protests uh, focused on the Ontario sex ed a couple of years back, um, the sex education that the the Doug Ford government claimed to have reformed, but of course um, it just moved some things around. They still teach gender ideology in schools, Pride Month is still basically mandatory, as Doug Ford's education minister literally said, you know, basically said that all schools should be celebrating Pride because apparently that's appropriate. But there was a lot of protesters, you know, showing up at Queen's Park, but very few of them were actually white Canadian Christians or Catholics. They they were primarily actually people from immigrant communities. And that's because these communities are very traditional and those people very much want to pass their values onto their children. And their values do not include LGBT ideology. And I wrote about this a couple of years back uh, because I've always wanted to, to see what kind of polling um, was actually being done on the social views of these Canadians. And keep in mind that the birth rate is completely tanking uh, among old stock Canadians, and the birth rate is much, much higher among immigrant groups. And so these groups are in many ways the future of Canada, and they're also far more socially conservative than the sort of post-Christian non-white Canadians um, that share the same views Justin Trudeau does. And so one of the, the interesting things here is, is Global News released a poll a while ago. And one of the reasons it struck me at the time is because Justin Trudeau was, was kind of running around talking about how intolerant those who don't agree with him on the LGBT issue especially were. But he was, he's actually referring to Sikhs, Hindus, Muslims, Orthodox Jews. Um, all of them reject LGBT ideology, and most of them are still opposed to same-sex marriage, the redefinition of marriage. When Trudeau said says this, what he, he thinks that he's just targeting uh, Catholics and evangelicals and reform people. The reality is the majority of the people he's targeting are actually not from any of those groups. And so Global News found, and I'll quote directly from their article, uh, a cultural divide among Canadians over same-sex marriage with 71% of respondents of European descent backing the right versus 44% from respondents of East Asian backgrounds and only 42% support from respondents of South Asian descent. So same-sex marriage has not been an issue in Canada, politically speaking, for a very long time, and yet a very, very distinct minority 
of people from from immigrant backgrounds, non-white Canadians, um, actually support this. They are very opposed to it, just as you know, small old Orthodox Christians would be, and so. And on one hand, Trudeau kind of, you know, lazily smears anybody who disagrees with him. But on the other hand, um, we see that the majority of people who actually end up voting liberal most of the time are socially conservative. And of course, the conservative party is too scared to actually campaign on socially conservative issues. And we saw the sort of very pathetic response from uh, Pierre Polyev when uh, Premier Blaine Higgs of New Brunswick came out with a very common sense policy, uh, just insisting that schools involve parents and and tell parents what's going on when they're going to socially transition their kids, give them new pronouns and a new name, a name that their parent did not give them. And Justin Trudeau, of course, basically said this was extremely hateful and very dangerous. And when they asked Pierre Polyev, He's like, I, I just want to leave this to the provinces. Um, a conservative politician who can't give a full-throated defense of, of parental rights is, is completely useless as far as I'm concerned. Um, but one of the other things I think that the conservative party doesn't recognize is that there's a huge missed opportunity. Because as we see from this data, um, a huge majority of these immigrant communities, which the conservative party has traditionally struggled uh, to get, um, these people are very socially conservative. Again, they're against euthanasia. They're very opposed to the indoctrination going on in schools. And now to go back to to where I started, um, they're very, very opposed. And, and the reason we're seeing them protest now, right? There was not just the one protest I referenced in Ottawa Carlton. There was another protest the following week. Then there was a big protest in Calgary. Um, and at every one of these protests where hundreds of people are showing up, these very angry parents are showing up, um, what we're seeing is that it's primarily Muslim Canadians who are coming out. We saw some, you know, really powerful footage uh, that was, you know, almost entirely uncovered by the media. Of these like little kids stomping on pride flags in Ottawa, being encouraged by their Muslim parents. And so I wrote, I wrote about this on the Lightside blog as well. But again, I really think that there's something going on that may be the start of something. And we don't know for sure because it's just been a couple of protests before. But I've long wondered what it would take to get all of these communities actually on board. And we kind of got a glimpse of what a lot of these religious communities um we got a glimpse of what it takes to get them involved in these issues when the Canada summer jobs controversy erupted. Some of you may remember this. The Trudeau government essentially instituted uh, um, an abortion attestation to uh, the application for the Canada summer jobs program, which means that, which basically meant that any, any group applying for federal funding for, you know, anything from a summer camp to a, you know, a church camp, any of the money that they were using for Canada summer jobs, those applying for it would have to sign off on support for the LGBT agenda, as well as for abortion. They were doing this to target groups like the group I work for the Canadian center for bioethical reform. This whole thing was triggered by Joyce Arthur of the abortion rights coalition of Canada. And again, Trudeau, when he's bashing people who are pro-life and bashing people who oppose the LGBT agenda, he assumes that he's bashing Christians. And, you know, that's a good old-fashioned political sport uh, in Canada. Um, the conservative leaders generally do almost nothing to defend uh, social conservatives uh, and, and Christians, even when they happen to be one of them. Uh, they just sort of turtle and let Justin Trudeau smear an entire section of the population. 
But with the Canada Summer Jobs Program, suddenly I was at meetings in Brampton. There were Sikh leaders, Hindu leaders, Muslim leaders, Jewish leaders. Like there was people who were so angry. And we, I kind of caught this brief glimpse of the socially conservative coalition that could exist in Canada, but doesn't exist. Because these different religious communities traditionally haven't gotten along very well and also have different voting priorities, um, are willing to vote for liberals over, you know, various immigration policies, etc., and not vote on these issues. Um, And the reason I thought that that was significant is because they got involved when it affected their community. Uh, they got involved when they realized that this attestation was actually going to be a burden on their conscience, a barrier to a federal program that they were also taking advantage of. And that's why we now see this handful of protests for Pride Month. And I th- I suspect this might escalate. And the reason I think this is going to escalate is because the response of the media has been either completely turtling and not addressing the fact that the majority of these protesters are Muslim, or they're doing what the Toronto Star did, which is literally run an editorial saying it's a violation of human rights to opt your kids out of drag queen story hour. So not even just the, the generic sex ed curriculum. It's a, you know, a violation of human rights to not take your kids to drag queen story hour. So they're doubling down hard on their rhetoric. Um, which makes it interesting because we saw the first week uh, of, of, of so-called a Pride Month on June 1st, some schools with pro- predominantly Muslim Canadian populations were, were reporting like a 40% absentee rate the first day. And then why? It's because parents didn't want their kids to participate in these Pride activities. But these Pride activities, which have been slowly but surely escalating over the past several years, have now become a mandatory thing. Kids can't opt out and parents can't opt out. And when parents can't opt their kids out, suddenly everything changes. Suddenly, these Muslim parents are getting very, very angry because they're used to just sending their kids to school and then opting their kids out of the stuff that they don't like. But increasingly, because the LGBT ideology and the LGBT ideologues are so totalitarian, they don't want the Muslim kids, to, the Muslim parents to be able to opt their kids out because the entire reason uh, most of these uh, progressive leaders in this country people like Trudeau are okay with bringing in between 800,000 to 900,000 new immigrants from generally socially conservative countries every single year is because they know that all of those kids are going to get poured through the funnel uh, of the public school system. And all of those kids will end up coming out the other end after 13 years in public school, maybe another four years in an aggressively secular university to top it off. And you'll basically have removed most of those traditional values. Um, they might still, you know, adopt some of the more visible things like, like cultural dress and things like that. But by and large, they'll share the exact same views as all of the post-Christian white kids. And we even saw this going door to door, you know, in some neighborhoods where the parents would be like, no, we're very against abortion. And the kids would be like, oh, I don't know. And they sort of would repeat some lines they obviously heard at school about autonomy and things like that. And their parents would look stunned. Like, what just happened? How 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 does my kid hold such a horrifying view? And so... If, if a lot of parents from non-Christian religious groups are waking up to the fact that their kids are being indoctrinated, that might signal a watershed moment in this debate. Because again, the immigrants that are, being, uh, that are coming in every year are coming predominantly from more socially conservative countries. And as I just cited, you know, polling data released by Global News in 2019 indicates that it's 70% of Canadians of European descent, in other words, white Canadians, who are very supportive of the LGBT agenda 
agenda on abortion, etc. But a majority of people, uh, non-white Canadians, especially from non-Christian religious groups, they are very against all these things, which creates a very thorny issue for progressives. You know, the CBC has somebody on the Islamophobia beat, but what happens when you've got trans activists screaming at Muslim moms at a protest and calling them bigoted and hateful? Whose um, privilege wins here on the oppression pyramid? Is the trans activist being Islamophobic or is the Muslim being transphobic or does it cancel out because it's both? Right. Some of you may have heard that that really chilling clip from an Edmonton school in which a teacher basically berated a Muslim student for wanting to opt out of some of the pride activities and basically said, you don't belong here if you don't get on board with all of this stuff. Like we respect, you know, the month of Ramadan and now you have to, you know, respect uh, the transgender ideology. But Islam is is a totalizing religion, just like Christianity is. And so uh, just because a secular kid can enjoy dabbling in Ramadan doesn't mean a Muslim kid can enjoy dabbling in pride theology. That's not how this works. That's not how religion works. Um, so multiculturalism is, is, is becoming quite interesting. Let me read you uh, 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 the description of the, the protest in Ottawa from the National Post, because I think it's a, it's a really powerful description of what actually happened. So here's me quoting from the Post. The demographic profile of the two groups couldn't have been more starkly distinct. On the front lines of the anti-gender ideology protests were people of color and devout Muslims as well as Christians, facing off against mostly masked, old-stock white Canadians leading the counter-protesters. The progressive left, which immediately judges any cause they disagree with as being far-right because it might constitute mainly white Canadians, were here mostly white facing protesters against the trans agenda who are far more diverse than they were, almost representing a cross-section of Canada. The cognitive dissonance was palpable. The counter-protesters appear to be discomfited by the fact that the protesters weren't their supposed boogeyman, but included many people of color, including socially conservative Muslims. This certainly doesn't fit progressive ideology, or I would say theology. After all, these were folk who stood up for minorities and called out what they perceived to be Islamophobia, yet there were Muslims lined up against them on the opposite side of the trans debate. It seems to suggest that for the price of supporting minority causes was that those they supported ought to support them on the social issues they cared about. Um, there's always been a weird schizophrenia with these, these religious groups that are very socially conservative uh, voting liberal. And of course, there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. You've got, you know, whatever your ballot box issue actually is, why you're voting on it. And then, of course, the Conservative Party has done an abysmal job of reaching out to these communities. They reach out to them primarily on issues that they don't care about. They're totally unwilling to address the parental concern of Muslim communities right now. Um, conservative MPs should be contacting Muslim leaders and listening to them and saying, what do you want your representatives in Ottawa to be doing about this. But um, if they are, they're not saying anything publicly because all Pierre Polyev wants to talk about is inflation. Uh, but, you know, when Trudeau was inveighing against those who disagree with ideology as un-Canadian, which is a phrase he has used and has warned that parental protests are, indicate a rising tide of hate, um, he thinks he's engaging again in, in, in good old-fashioned liberal Christian bashing, but that's not the case. He's When he's, he's referring to people who are intolerant, he's referring to non-white Canadians. Now, imagine if, 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 if a Christian Canadian um, referred to one of these religious groups as un-Canadian because of their views. Um, this would, of course, be immediately labeled Islamophobic and an offense against multiculturalism. So now with what we've going on, what we've got going on um, is, is, is the progressives are caught in quite a bind. And here's how the Post framed it. 
Quote, the so-called progressives reveal their own reactionary side when, in response to what they perceive as betrayal from immigrants and ethnic minorities who don't buy into their social agenda, some go to the extent of saying that such illiberal people should return to where they came from if they don't share what they blithely assert to be universally agreed upon Canadian values, which they're not. The closest they get to being universally agreed upon is among post-Christian white European Canadians. That's basically Justin Trudeau's cohort. He'd be horrified to find out, but if you look at the polling data on who believes what, those are the people who are actually on Trudeau's side. And so the Post did a follow-up on another protest and covered the protest in Calgary as well. Uh, And their follow-up report was titled Multiculturalists Confused as Muslim Modesty Clashes with Pride. It's a great title. And let me read you a paragraph from that. The scene in Ottawa was a vivid illustration of a growing disconnect between Muslim Canadians and the progressive left over increasingly ubiquitous pride-related activities catering to minors, which are now commonplace in public school systems across the country. As Kannada-based Imam Sikandar Hashmi wrote in the National Post last week, some Muslims are finally pushing back against school-sponsored pride events after years of quiet non-participation. Muslims group groups are in fact becoming increasingly visible in the anti-pride movement, and that's because it's being rammed down their throats. It's because it's no longer possible to engage in quiet non-participation because the pride movement, the LGBT movement, wants everybody to participate. They want it to be mandatory for kids to learn this stuff, to go to Drag Queen Story Hour, to find out everything there is to find out about all these different identities. And so a lot of religious groups are going to find that with the public school system, either... They managed to change the system by massive protests, which I think are a phenomenal thing. I find it hard to imagine how you could actually change the public school system, at least considering the current political circumstances. Um, Or you pull your kids out and you send them to a private school or you homeschool them. Um, A lot of private schools are pretty terrible too. Of course, Christian uh, uh, private schools uh, serve as Christian families. And so perhaps we're going to see the rise of religious schools in Canada, and it'd be interesting to find out what the progressives say about that. And it's really interesting because Canada's mainstream media has no idea how to deal with this because, again, they're used to bashing Christians, which is why they're constantly sending uh, journalists, you know, to the tiny town of Norwich, Ontario, because the city council voted uh, to to limit the flag post to a couple of different flags. They're very interested in portraying churches in the area as being these really dark, oppressive organizations. But if it was a mosque, they wouldn't, and they don't know how to do it when it comes to Muslim parents. Because the CBC has said nothing. I hunted through the CBC uh, website. No mention of what the National Post reported on, which is that there was a significant number of protesters who are Muslim. The report on the Ottawa protest made no mention of a Muslim presence, and the photo of children with pride flags was actually carefully cropped, not only, I suspect, to protect the identity of the subjects, but also to hide the inconvenient fact that these were all non-white kids. Global News didn't mention the Muslim protesters in their coverage at all, neither did the Ottawa Citizen, and the omission, I think, is very significant. So, It'll be interesting to see how this uh, goes on from here, because I'm very encouraged by these protests. We don't know if these protests are going to continue. They very well could. Um, We're almost at the end of June now, but of course, this fight is just starting. We're at the end of the school year, and that should ease the tensions for a while. But what, what has happened, essentially, is that a lot of Muslim parents just got woke. 
and realized what is actually happening in their schools, what their kids are being required to participate in. And you've got alternative media, um, which is covering what's actually being said and done in schools. (coughs) Pardon me. And that's really, really valuable because a lot of parents just have no idea what their kids are being taught. Um, but the kinds of things that are being taught in Canadian schools are incredibly vile, right? You've got grade nine students in Saskatchewan who are given A to Z flashcards. Um, K is for kink and R is for raw sex. And I won't even read out these descriptions, but they're incredibly vile. turns out similar sex manuals were handed out in BC schools, um, I think the New Brunswick situation really summarizes where we're at when when the collective response of both the media and the politicians is that the just alerting parents to what's going on in their kids' lives puts kids in danger. Like it's unbelievably dangerous to assert that kids are a, are that parents are a danger to their kids. But the CBC on June 22 published an explainer so to kind of you know explaining what's going on in New Brunswick. And their title was quote, five questions answered about the LGBTQ school policy debate. Right. And so here's their first question. And think about how this frames parents for a minute. Their first question is this, and I'm quoting directly from the article here. How does making it mandatory to tell parents about pronoun and name changes hurt children? Not even does it. How does it? Like the assertion here is that parents finding out about their child wanting to change their name and pronouns is their words hurts children. Like this is just absolutely appalling garbage and parents need to be aware of the fact that if you send your kid to a state school, they're going to be taught the state ideology and that school will directly attempt to stand in between you and your child will try to influence your child. They're going to be told there is all kinds of genders and told that they can choose whatever gender they like. Um, Anybody who doubts me on this, by the way, can just fire me a comment. I'm very happy to supply um, the backup for this. I cover this issue a couple of times a week on my um, on my LifeSite blog at thebridgehead.ca. Um, and so I can provide examples from the curriculum across Canada and almost every province. They are being taught that there are many different genders and that they can choose their own gender identity, that everything is up for grabs. This is, of course, incredibly confusing for children. Um, and yet parents are told that they have no business asserting their own values because the goal of a state school is to replace the values that the child has been taught at home with the values of the state, which again, we have a recording of a, of a teacher telling a Muslim kid this in Edmonton, right? Like if you can't adopt these values, you basically don't belong here in Canada. They're pretty open about what's going on here. And so it'll be really, really interesting because even, you know, 20 years ago, um, you know, in, in the sort of the, the immediate post 9-11 world, there was a lot of books being written by conservatives uh, about, you know, the threat of Muslim values coming in from other countries, very illiberal values. But now we have the progressive hegemony, um, the progressive regime, as Patrick Deneen would call it, up against the fact that the kids that post-Christian Westerners of European descent or Europeans themselves weren't willing to have. They're actually having to replace the workforce that they didn't give birth to themselves with immigrants coming in. Those immigrants don't share all of their values. They also reject much of what the progressive hegemony is teaching, unless, of course, you can secularize them fast enough. 
And that's what a lot of countries have very successfully done. One of the reasons uh, that the the air quotes Muslim threat never materialized, as predicted by a lot of conservative commentators, is because Muslim immigrants secularize and socialize like everybody else. And by going to public schools, they're being taught the same garbage that's being taught uh, to all of the other kids. And they're going to the same university institutions. And of course, the hedonism and materialism of the West is as attractive to them as, 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 as to anybody else. And but I always remember a line from Mark Stein's book, America, America Alone, The End of the World as We Know It, who kind of talked about the demographic uh, implosion that we're seeing, but also argued that a huge portion of the West would eventually be replaced by immigrants, especially Muslim immigrants, because that was a majority of immigrants at the time, um, because they were having kids and, and, and we weren't essentially. And he actually makes a point in, in the book where he says, I don't understand why progressives are the ones championing mass immigration, because he says if the Muslims take over society, uh, all I have to do is, you know, hunker down, grow my beard a bit longer and marry some extra wives. And he was joking, but his point was that the Venn diagram between his values as a Christian and Islamic values is a lot bigger than the Venn diagram between Christian values and the values of a trans activist, which are fundamentally at odds with each other. Our epistemologies don't align in any way. And so the uh, the protests, interestingly, in the United Kingdom are also being led by primarily uh, uh, Muslim people, Muslim immigrants. Uh, in Birmingham, um, they're the ones that are hoisting these signs that say, uh, leave these kids, uh, leave our kids alone. And we don't want our, our values uh, replaced by the state ideology. And so it's going to be very interesting to see if the uh, these communities will wake up in time to realize that their kids are being entire, entirely re-educated and they're being taught to reject a lot of tenets of the faith that their parents want to pass on to them that their parents obviously want them to have. Um, and and this will, will, will could it could create some very interesting problems from progressive politicians, depending on whether these protests we've seen recently are, are just a blip or if if they're more sustained. Because, again, as parents wake up, you know, uh, school's out now. But, of course, school starts up again in September and, you know, June comes every year and pride season gets longer every year. So it'll be interesting to see if if parents are mobilizing for the long haul and. <clears throat> Considering the involvement of a lot of these religious leaders, I suspect that that might just happen. So that's just a bit of an explanation of not only some of the protests that we've seen going on in Canada here over the last couple of weeks, but also uh, protests that we see going on in the UK and elsewhere. Because the culture clash that we're seeing happen now um, is between not liberals, but radical progressives and 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 a lot of um, Muslim families who thought just like you know Christ, a lot of Christian families that they could just basically send their kids off to school, be left alone, not participate in the things they didn't want to participate in and live in a truly multicultural society where they weren't interfered with. But that's of course not the case because the LGBT ideology is a totalitarian one. There is no opt out. It was always the plan to eliminate the opt out options. And so now a lot of parents across the country are being faced with very difficult choices. And it's not just Christian parents. It's also Muslim parents, Hindu parents, Sikh parents. And I'm very interested to see where it will go. And I'm very interested to see if a couple of enterprising politicians will realize that campaigning on values could bring them a lot of benefit if they decided to. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. If you want to listen to past shows or tune in and listen to future shows, head over to lifesightnews.com. Go to the podcast tab. You can find us on any platform where you get your content. Thanks so much for joining us this week, and we hope you'll join us again next week.